woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Well, I'm going to play Jacks. I'm Tom Howell, Greg Pappas on the board. SP futures up six, NASDAQ futures down five. As we flip to the December futures today. So if you're doing your futures, it's the Z's, the Z's, the December futures. September's, they gone, they gone. Um, well, they, they're going on the opening, right, uh, Greg? They sell? Yeah, yeah. The the roll is usually, or the, yeah. Everybody's done with September. Yeah, but the actual uh, was was the, was the if you still had one was the settlement yesterday or today? Or did in, you in ours they usually close at twelve p.m. Ah, That's okay. ours. Right. Fair enough. Do we have Mr. Kevin? Good morning. How are you? Oh, I am uh, living large today. I, that's what I see right here. I'm looking. Breakfast at Denny's. Yeah. Are you? Uh, yeah. Are we? Are you yeah, I, I live large every day because I am large. Um, are you uh, out buying a new car and stuff this morning? Nah. Nah. Just hanging out with you guys. I figured you would be now that you got this 15 million dollar ransom payment from Caesar's Palace for hacking their place. Um. That. Shh. Quiet. Oh, all right. Quiet. Quiet. Sorry. And, and and don't don't identify me until I liquidate the uh, Bitcoin wallet. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we should have Mr. Ryan Flynn on today, uh, talking about that some. Hey, uh, this morning, just you know, my uh, just kind of looking around, minding my own business, as uh, usual. As usual, of course, I'm scooting in on the expressway. Some guy f cuts by me, missing me by about ten feet, because of course he was in the wrong spot, and he and he had to, he couldn't get off and get back on. <clears throat> he had to sweep over three lanes to keep going south. We all know that his, anything that's important to him is, is important to the rest of us. That's right. His, his mistake becomes uh, everybody else's problem. Yes. Everybody else's, every, everybody else's uh, uh, dangerous situation. Yes. So, I, I, of course, curse the fact that you never see a policeman. And I was too soon with that. As I pull up to my parking lot right across the expressway here, not only do I see a squad car, the only car in the lot, the state police, the guy's sitting in the lot, He's in the spot right next to mine, like right over the line. So I figure, should I be a real ass and pull like right next to him real tight so he can't get out even outside his out his door? <laughs> or should I just get another spot? This, this was the uh, police officer? Yeah, this, the, this, is, this is the state police. He's sitting in the lot. I found him. He wasn't in traffic anywhere, like doing anything. But what, was he over the line? He was close enough to where if I would have parked in my normal spot, I couldn't have got out and he, neither could he. Yeah. Because I was going to say, you know, most people learn the color between the lines like yeah. when they're three years old. So, well, let's just say the lines in this lot are pretty, 
slim. They, get, they put as many, so I had to find another spot. Be nice, you know. But now I know, at least I know where the cap was. Just saying. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts wasn't open yet, though, was no, it? No, they were not open that, yet. That, that was too easy a shot to take. Oh, yeah, okay. it was too easy a shot to take. So, um, now do we, um, having been years ago somewhat a victim of one of these things, is the same attitude in place that Caesars, Caesars paid somehow or another their, their defense wasn't enough and the U.S. government, the FBI, the people we pay these exorbitant salaries to to do God knows what, uh, did they just let this one slide or they actually look at it? When you're uh, in your estimation, well, you know my my experience was that uh, even even working for a small company at the time, the FBI looked at it and put some time into it. So I, I don't know what to tell you about that. I am sure uh, that they will, um, but uh, you know, it, again, it, uh, ultimately it is Caesar's problem, um, and. You know, you always have to ask the question, uh, were they as diligent as they should have been uh, to prevent an intrusion like that, uh, or were they lax? Because one of the things that you find in many of these uh, situations, you know, if you go back to the one that Target had several years ago, um, Target had all the tools that they needed to prevent the particular intrusion that happened. They just turned some of them off. They decided they were too, it was too inconvenient or too much overhead for them or whatever you know whatever was behind the decision, um, but but they had everything they needed to prevent that attack and uh, and they decided nah we don't need that stuff. Um, I get it and I and I I think I try, I'm trying to get it here. I just don't know like everything we a lot of stuff we talk about on the show, a lot of things make sense. I just. I just can't figure out where the line is on this stuff. I mean, there when there is a crime committed, there's a criminal and there's a victim. And virtually in every every crime, no matter what happens, you can say that the victim, if he did, he or she would have done something different, maybe they would have uh, not been a victim of a crime, or. Maybe it just would have meant that the criminal went from, they were a little too tough of a target, and they went to the next person. But the criminal is still the criminal. And, and, and at what point does Greg's nice new car, new to him, uh, get stolen out of his garage, and the police show up and say, gee, Greg looks to me like this deadbolt wasn't on the garage last night. We're giving you a ticket for messing with our time. See ya. I mean, we're... Where, where does this end, I guess, is my, is my question. Yeah, because yeah, that's that's a good question. If you have the lock on the door but you don't use it, then you're complicit, but does that mean you still didn't get robbed and that you, they shouldn't shouldn't pursue who took your car? And I think that's a legitimate point. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, um, you know, in the in the cyber world, you do know that the, you know, it, you're under constant attack. There, I, mean, I used to review this stuff daily um, when, when I had those responsibilities. Uh, and you know, a, a lightweight day for attacks on, on you know, just a, a nondescript kind of small business, although one that could have, you know, I, I suppose if, if you're trying to get credit cards, you're going to go after online retailers. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, a, a light day for uh, intrusion attempts was about 80, and uh, uh, a heavier day was tens of thousands. And, you know, that's you know the the thing is as you look at this kind of 
you know, the reporting that you get out of your uh, uh, threat detection systems, that's what they catch. They can only report what they recognize. You, you, what makes you, what keeps you up at night is, geez, what won't they recognize? You know, because you get through because the intrusion detection, uh, usually because uh, your, your threat detection system didn't detect it. Um, so it can't report what it doesn't detect. Um, and, and, and sometimes there are things where it says, yeah, somebody got through, here it is, and that should be setting off alarms in real time. Uh, you know, the thing is, you, you have to be so diligent um, and so on top of everything, and even then, you still can get nailed. Well, I, I, uh... You have to do everything, everything you can to, to prevent it. You have, you have customer data there. You you know you, uh, I mean the the fact that and, and I, a lot of people don't think this way as consumers, but the you have to you have to think you should as a consumer think I'm trusting these people with my information, I am trusting them to secure it, and when they don't, I damn well would like to know if they if, if they did everything they could if I you know if they were worthy of the trust. And, and it was just unfortunate, or were you know was my trust misplaced? Because when when I decide it's misplaced, I'm not doing business with them anymore. I uh, I, <clears throat> I get all that, and uh, I'm going to talk more about this uh, auto strike at some point. But well, some about it. But this is going to surprise you, Kevin. I hope you hope you're and Greg. You two think I'm the biggest luddite in the world. I was on in 1998. The CBOE Double Secret Committee. I was the board member's representative to the Threat Detection Committee. Believe it or not, there were six people on the committee, and one of the six didn't have any idea what the other five were talking about. You're going to guess who that guy was. Uh, but just like you say, Kevin. But, but no need to name names. No, no need to name names. But I found it fascinating. And these guys were, and I had the same question back then. So I mean, I haven't changed. I had the same question back then. We. The CBOE would get hacked, att- attempted to be hacked, eh, three, four times a day, maybe. And the, it was, somebody would get in, they'd hack around, hack around, and figure out how far up the chain they can get, and when they get blocked, they get tired, and they went to the next place. And it, so much so, that a lot of stuff, like you always talk about, uh, we, the CBOE decided at one point to give quotes on their site, you know, option quotes. They didn't they decided it was way too dangerous to have the quotes come out of their system. So they essentially bought quotes from a third-party vendor and put them on their site because they were afraid somebody could walk up the quote stuff uh, into their, into the, into the, you know, whatever the back, whatever the back machine would be. But the funny part was, Kevin, is they had some outside vendor came in and he said, we have a thing, if somebody starts to hack you, you turn around and hack back. And I, don't, I don't I can't remember if we bought it or not. But the weird part here's the part that I, I had the same was question. It, was it like the uh, you know a honeypot type of scheme or? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, you're asking me what how the basically if if they shot at you, you shot back. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> but the, uh, the the here's the part that I had the question nobody could because these guys were all let's put it this way, I was the luddite or they were geeks or something. We didn't talk the same language. Um, I said, you know, who are these people? And they said, well. In those days, it was a bunch of you know a bunch of geeks out of Sweden was was a, were the biggest in Finland, mostly Sweden. And I said, oh, okay, <laughs> when when does the Secretary of State call the guy up in Sweden and said, if you don't fix these guys, we will. I mean, they're, they're trying. 
they're, I mean, they're, they're doing damage here. S- you know, screw you guys. Stop them. I mean, uh, that call was never made, Kevin. I, and, I, and I guess I don't know why. I, don't, I mean, maybe they couldn't do anything. Maybe we didn't have the right to make the call. But if you, if you know who the guys are and where they are, how do, how do, you, how do you just let well, it happen day after day? Certainly have, you certainly have the right to demand cooperation in, in, in trying to stop them. Can they realistically stop them? Eh, to some extent, maybe, but not a lot. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, nowadays we tend to blame the Russians every time somebody gets hacked, and I, I, I don't doubt that there are a lot of, uh, you know, Russian hackers, and they're, you know, kind of well known in the security com- uh, uh, world, but, um, you know, it's also a really convenient thing to uh, uh, to blame them. So, uh, so, so that's what we enjoy doing. Uh, but, yeah. uh, it, you know, and, and so I, I think we just kind of fly off the handle and say Russians uh, right off the bat every single time, and I don't know that that's necessarily the case. But this was this was back in the day when, I, I'm going to say they probably weren't using dial-up, but in the in the woods of Sweden it might have been sort of like, why can't they just say, oh, here's where it's coming from, let's cut these idiots off. All of a sudden they turn the machine on and it doesn't work. It's, because it, it's it's never that easy, Tom. It's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to spoof your original location. Okay, right. Uh, it, and it takes it takes some forensic expertise to be able to figure it out. All right. Well, enough with this. Anyway, they paid fifteen mil, and now they're now they're back up. You can go gamble at Caesars if you want. I'm All a, right. I'm a very. I, mean, I, don't, I guess I have a, a side in this, and I don't know why I do. Oh, and, and this is something we should talk about. I assume they paid in uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, boy, that I don't know. Let me uh, let me say. Oh, well, maybe they did. But again, that's well. This whole idea that, uh, but that somehow it has to spit back and get money someplace, doesn't it? Well, uh, yeah. You, you it it gets into your crypto wallet, and then you have to, uh, um, you know, so, some. Uh, then you have to liquidate that if you want to turn it into cash. And and we'll we, we can talk to Ryan about that. Uh, you know, let's 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 hold our powder on that. And, and yeah. And talk to him because I think he'll have some good perspective. Get all this. They they demanded thirty million, and Caesar's negotiated in half. Uh, mm-hmm. there you go. It's, it's, really, probably, it's uh, probably a smart thing to do. Oh yeah, well, you got to everything's negotiable, right? Even even ransom. God. Uh, anyway, the uh, I, I'm I'm very. Uh, and of course, I'm reading this from. Uh, this is this is from a national public radio thing, so they might be a little biased on the UAW strike. But this, just as a way of history, and I don't know the every every spit of it, but back in two thousand seven eight, didn't that's when GM went out of business, right? They were bankrupt, and people coming in and got all the government new stock. motors. They what? Government motors. Yeah, and uh, so the UAW ended up taking a hit because to keep them in business, right? The uh, and now they're t- the, now the UAW. Wants a forty percent increase over four years, and the the I guess GM just upped their thing last night to nineteen percent. Uh, my, my favorite is I, they want they want forty hours of pay for thirty two hour work week. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about the details on that, but I'm saying forty percent doesn't even get these guys even with the inflation in the last three years. This this is why I, I, I keep bragging huge on this inflation number until we realize what the number is and tell people the truth we can't even we can't even negotiate properly in my opinion but uh so the uh here, here's a well, and, and and those who understand the numbers better than others have a much much stronger negotiating yeah. position. um 
Mary Barra, now this is, you know, now this is a management, now she wasn't there, I don't think, but this is a management that basically screwed all the shareholders. People on GM stock their whole life, they, they ended up with zero, right? It's so mm-hmm. all, all the new people got the stack. Now, in 2022, Mary Barra made $29 bucks. The starting wage at the EV battery plant is sixteen fifty an hour. That's 16 years to earn what she makes in a single week. Just a way of perspective. Now, back when I worked for Pullman... Is she married? Uh, maybe she's available, Kevin. I just want to know if I should go full <laughs> giggle over here. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh. You might. Uh, you make money the old-fashioned way. Marry it, right? Or inherit it or something. <laughs> um, the I, I just... She was hired in 20... Or I don't know when she was hired originally, probably like the 80s, but she was hired... Um, Looks like a CEO, or promoted to CEO in January 2014. So she's been there the whole way. No, 2007. She's not. No, I'm sorry. So she's uh in 2008. Let me see if I can find it. The uh, so get a load of this. She was a vice president of global manufacturing engineering. Okay. In 2009, she was advanced to the position of glo- global human resources. Global, I like that. Ah, global human resources. You know, uh, you know, she's qualified to run a bank. You know, the Silicon Valley b- before AI, before all you had to do was say, hey, uh, stocks and jocks, AI, PTI securities, AI, and we'd have like a you know an IPO tomorrow or something. Um, it was, see, before that it was cloud, right? Web three cloud. Uh, China, China. If you're doing something in China, 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 and somewhere along the line it was, uh, what you just said, it was global. Oh, they're global, global. That was a word, that was the buzzword that made your stack go up like 500%. Anyway, so here's the deal, <clears throat> according to these guys now. the According to the Labor Department, auto workers on the production line, are, this is the Labor Department, using the CPI numbers that they put out. Auto wor- workers on the production line have seen wages drop by more than 20% over the past two decades when adjusted for inflation. So how does a 40% raise put these guys anywhere near whole? You know, Kevin, I don't, I don't. I, I did read that part about the thirty-two hours versus. Does that mean everybody, everybody just takes one day off a week and gets paid? I, mean, I don't know what. I, how does that work? I'm not. I'm not I can't say that I'm all for that, but uh, so these guys <clears throat> have gone straight down. Yeah, there, there's a few things where you look at it and go, they have a good case, and there's other things you look at and go, oh no, no, that that's got to be one of those negotiating things that yeah. you're willing to give away for something. I got to believe if they give them the forty percent raise, they work five days. And even been, even then they're behind, uh, so they're talking about the uh, the discontent has been brewing since the union made huge concessions after the 2008 financial crisis brought the auto industries to its knees. Workers still feel that deeply today. The car companies, meanwhile, have not only fully recovered; they've seen their profits soar to the tune of 21 billion in the first half of this year alone. So well, and and how much? Yeah, how, how much are they getting uh, uh, electronic uh, electric vehicle subsidies? You know that we we. Uh, they probably aren't because they were giving them to Tesla. Oh yes, they are. Uh, you know they're they're getting everything Tesla got on a on a, well, but, yeah, but you, on, on a per vehicle basis. I know, but you, every uh, time you sell a regular pickup, you got to pay Tesla. Well, they're just paying themselves then. Well, now they are because they're, they're still not anywhere near break even. Four dollars. They still but, but but nevertheless, that's a that's a really really big number. 
gee, I wonder why they're all flocking to, uh, uh, you know, to adding more uh, EVs to their fleet. Because it sure isn't because people are buying them like crazy. No. No, well, what I'm saying is Tesla, as much as everybody says you got to buy Tesla, you got to buy Tesla, it, they would never, I think, I could be wrong on this, they would never have made a dime if it wasn't for the subsidies. Well, yeah, but the, the difference there being that they don't have another other product lines. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're missing the point here. I'm saying is, so the, the the point the point of that the point I'm making to you is when it's your only product, then the subsidies are everything to you. When it's when it's one of your products, the subsidies are just a sweet little thing you get that uh, keeps well, you, you know that, that pads your wallet. Is when Ford sold a gas pickup, they had us pay into this pool, and, and Tesla got the money. So Ford is selling a gas pickup, and every once in a while they sell an electric pickup. So at least, I don't know if they wash, but for every electric pickup they sell, they probably don't have to pay Tesla on the gas. But I'm going to say it's still 10 to 1, gas versus the other. Isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what their mix is. I'd have to look that up. Or I'd have to ask Greg to look it up. Anyway, uh, decades of outrage over excessive CEO pay has led to some attempts at regulation. Since 2018, the SEC required publicly traded companies to disclose how much their CEAs make compared to other employees. There is a huge display. Your, your shareholders can't do the math? For God's sake. GM last year disclosed that Mary Bear's compensation was 362 times the other median worker at GM. Ford paid its CEO, Jim Farley, 281 times the Basically median Basically a, a year to a year to a day. Yeah. Um, when I was at Pullman, it was like 10 to 1. Um, work around on the line could make 25 grand, and the CEO made 250. You know, I mean, and as far as I'm concerned, if the shareholders are okay with that, that's fine. All right, okay, I don't think they know. I what? There's another uh, one of the themes of the show. I think one of the things that is seriously, seriously broken in this country is is uh, the boards of these companies. They don't care about the shareholders, Kevin. They care about the shareholders. They pay a dividend instead of buy their yeah, stock. So they have to. They have the CEO's compensation. <laughs> what about board compensation compared to the uh, average employee? Um, I don't think that those guys, you know, see if you can find that, uh, because board compensation usually isn't all that high. It's a, it's a real, it's a, <coughs> it's a, it's a huge uh, ego trip more than it is. Uh, I understand, but I'll bet you, I'll bet you they're still making more than the average employee. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying it's not a million dollars a year. It's not, you know, 300, 300 to one or anything like that, but. If I'm the average employee and you know I work my butt off, and there's this other uh, person that attends several meetings a year, you know, which <laughs> we used to get uh, the CBOE. I was a floor board member, a member member, member member. I did like a <clears throat> colonel, colonel, or whatever it was, major, major, and catch twenty two. We got a thousand dollars a meeting. And that was it. Um, now the outside guys. You got twenty grand a year plus a thousand a meeting, and that was nineteen ninety eight. And uh, of course, those guys, you know, they, whatever, good guys, but uh, they, of course, would 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 use up every every perk they possibly could. If they were going on a trip, they'd have the CBOE's travel agent uh, do the deal for them, and then they would they would they would get somebody else's first class miles. I mean, it was all kinds of. Those guys took every nickel they possibly could. And these are, you know, I. I Used to bother me, Kevin, to be honest. But <clears throat> what I mean, that's just the way people are, I guess. But the uh, anyway, in, in 1965, CEOs made 20 times as the typical worker made. The 1990s, their salary became more tied to the stock market, and the stock market's massive gains 
led to lavish paydays. So this is just a fight inside, and it's and it's so interesting. Who, whoever you talk to on the subject, they have a side, and if they if they think they're going to be management someday, they're on one side, and if they think they're a worker, they're on the other side. It really it's it's I think it's fascinating. I, but I, I'm going to say, if these guys don't get at least forty percent plus cola going forward, they're out of their minds. They're out of their minds. And and you know I. Uh, that, that, but I think you probably got to work five days. I'll con- <laughs> that would be my concession there. But uh, it's you know, you know, I, I don't. I, I get, the auto the auto makers as of last Friday, their biggest uh, uh, raise was fourteen point five percent over four years. What we, the last year the inflation's been fourteen percent. Oh, and and what what did the numbers tell us this week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so so it's not like. Uh, don't worry about it. It's easing. No, it's not. Um, I will. I will say this though that the uh, they have been attacked. They the automakers have been attacked by the inflation in other areas, and that's not part of this article because I'm sure that they're that they are paying out in their in their health insurance and all that stuff way more than than forty percent higher than they were five years ago. So they, it's not like they've been immune to this. I mean, and the, the workers. Probably don't care or don't realize that these ancillary benefits are 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 costing the company a lot. Well, and and just simple things like shipping costs and with interest rates up, cost of uh, carrying inventory is up. Uh, you know, yeah. So it is it is absolutely true. You can't just look at their revenue side. You have to look at their at the company's cost side as well. But you know, nevertheless, your your point. You know, I, I think once when you look at it from the worker side, when you look at at, at anything economically right now from a, an average family side, it's a losing proposition. And you know, you, you can throw them some bones, but it, it's really it, it doesn't amount to much more than that. It uh, and you know what, the, the the regular people in this country don't care because if I was with somebody last night and said they make more than I do, why should I care? Just saying. Well, that that's just you know, we we've talked about othering before. That's yeah. just a function of uh, you know of we're we're really good now at pitting people against each other. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's it's what do you mean? I, I don't I don't make twenty seven dollars an hour. Why should I care? You know, and I'm okay then. But uh, but the I'm benign, That's why you know I, I I'm sure somewhere today there's going to be. And I'll use the word buffoon, who doesn't understand economics at all. There'll be there'll be ten of these people, and and, and they'll talk about how that the that the if the way if they give these guys a forty percent these people forty percent raise, that they're going to have to raise the price of their cars. Okay, and I'll and I'll, I'll give you the line from the from the uh, I'll probably butcher it. The line from the natural was it something about I already have. They already have raised the price of the cars, right? Yeah, right. I was going to say they're going to raise the price of the cars so that nobody can afford a new one. Nobody can afford a new one now. I mean, I'm going to say that in the last uh, ten years, maybe the last five years, the, the cost of a car is up forty percent or thirty-five percent. That's on the list, and people were paying over lists for a while, right? So I mean, it's, oh, and and they still have them, you know. Uh, they still have inventory sitting there because they weren't able to get chips, and they're 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 selling a lot of them without features, 
you know, where they, they're just, you know, taking things out and say, well, I, I can't get microchips for this feature, so we, we, you know, we won't give you the lumbar support in the, uh, in the uh, passenger seats anymore. But they're not dropping the price of that. I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of curious. I mean, when I look at the numbers, Kevin, a lot of things should follow. I mean, it should be like if you, you know, if you knock down the first domino, the fifth one should go down like at some point, right? You should be able to follow the economic trend, or as Woodward said, follow the money. So much stuff didn't ring true on that chip stuff. You would think that if uh, nobody could find any chips, right? So what they did is they used it as a way to cut out, uh, as you know, I like pickup trucks or trucks. You couldn't, you couldn't find a basic pickup. So whatever ship, chips they had, they were reserved for the ones that cost 80 grand. Okay, I guess that's good business. Um, but the weird part of the whole thing is if you were to ask somebody in, in second grade economics, if there's a chip shortage, what company do you want to buy? The answer would be the chip companies, right? Because you would think that their prices of the chips would be so high that they'd be making more money than God. Yet the chip companies all went down the whole time. If you bought the chip companies, you were a flat-ass loser. How did, how yeah, did... and I can only speculate as to why that would be, and because I, I don't know. Um, it, it may very well be because a lot of their prices were locked in in long-term contracts for delivery with people, uh, and therefore all they could do was put their heads down and produce. That is possible. I don't know if that's true. Um, okay. We're going to go to a break here. SP Futures up 5, NASDAQ Futures down 12. Got a mixed, choppy morning. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. 
But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm talking about Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 5, Nasdaq Futures down 11. Uh, these are now the Decembers, not the Septembers. So at some point, uh, it's going to get very, very odd. I have to get the Septembers off my screen because I'll quote the Septembers when, they, when they're not going to be trading anymore. So that's uh, so uh, Kevin and, and Greg, would you guys ever thought that if you moved to New England that you would be dodging hurricanes? There's hurricanes right for New England. New England all the way up to... Uh, or what's it called? Uh, I don't know. Up into Canada, yeah, Nova they're, Scotia, all there, yeah. get, they're all going to get Halifax. They're yeah. all going to get Hurricane Lee rains. Wow, it's uh, well, like it's it miss New York, you know. Uh, right. It's going to hit there too. Yeah, but not like right up the gut, not right up the Hudson. Well, yeah, but they're they're going to get rain. I mean, everybody from New England all the way up to Halifax. God, over the course of the next what? Anyway, over in over in Asia, we have the uh, Nikkei up three sixty four. That's one point one percent. So that's they've had a, they had a we had one down day, but they had a big week. Hang Seng up one twenty four, eighteen thousand one eighty two. They managed to stay above eighteen thousand. Shanghai down eight. Uh, so all all because China's going to put more money into the system. This is the savior of everybody every day, every single day. It's the savior. The DAX up one sixty three, one percent. FTSE up sixty one point eight. A lot of this is catch up from us yesterday. Check around up 115, 1.6%. Uh, ECB, even though they raised the rates yesterday, they hinted, hinted that rates are peaking. The luxury climbs on China sales data. Believe in stuff out of China? Boy, I don't know. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 331. Big day. SP futures up 37. NASDAQ futures up. NASDAQ were, not futures, the regular NASDAQ was up 112. They were uh, lagging just a little, uh, the NASDAQ, just a little. Uh, bonds up three basis points, 4.32. Interest rates going up and market going up, it's unusual, shall we say. I think that we topped out at 4.36, Greg, and we're getting right near there again. Uh, Bund up five basis points, 2.64. Japan unchanged, 0.72. We've got oil, ding, 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 $90.61, up 45 cents. Run up 40 cents, 94.10. Natural gas unchanged, 270. Arbob unchanged at 273. We've got gold up 720 to 1940. Silver up 41 cents, big move in gold. We uh, tried to buy, we got down to 22.55 yesterday, and I'm, I'm no technical guy, Greg is. The last three times, uh, silver's hit a bottom in the last eight months, you know, a bottom in the last eight months. It was like 22.52, 22.53, and yesterday was 22.55, so we bought a little bit for our people. It's already bounced the buck off there. It's, I mean, it's... That thing, if you're a, if you're a chart guy, you gotta love that chart because it actually it actually acts like it's supposed to. Uh, copper unchanged 381. We have Bitcoin down 144, 26,502. The U.S. dollar uh, yesterday the dollar was was up huge against the euro and the and the uh, the uh, British pound. It was down against the the Japanese yen. So this stuff has been swinging all over the place. Uh, the the euro versus the, the yen has been a huge move this week. So today, the euro and uh, 
the pound are pretty much unchanged. 106.5 on the euro, and the, and the pound is 124. We'll start giving the, the yen on Monday because it's starting to move around a lot, and I didn't used to give that. We'll start doing that. Uh, Greg, what do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Uh, morning, everyone. 6.41 a.m. Central. Chicago, 56 degrees right now, 76 today. Partly cloudy. Phoenix, 78 degrees right now, 101 today. Sunny and very warm. Uh, we, like we mentioned earlier, Hurricane Lee rains hitting all the way from New England to Halifax over the course of this weekend. Heavy rains. Uh, traffic, Kennedy, Montrose, the interchange, 20 minutes. Edens, Lake Cook to the interchange, 33 minutes. Edens, or no, Eisenhower, excuse me, Wolf to the interchange, 28 minutes. Dan Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 18 minutes. Stevenson, 290 to the Ryan is 35 minutes. And the Bishop Ford, 80 to the interchange is 17 minutes. Baseball, Twins beat the White Sox here on the white uh, on the south side. That was 10 to 2. White Sox lose. Diamondbacks lose in Queens again. It's 1 to 11. So that was uh, 1 to 7 yesterday and 1 to 11, uh, or 1 to 7 two days ago. 1 to 11 yesterday. NFL last night the Vikings took on the Eagles. The Eagles came out ahead 34 to 28, and that's all I got, Chief. I refuse to watch that one because I don't have Prime. Oh, uh oh, you got to fix that. Uh, that'd be one. That'd be one possibility. The other would be if they don't want me to watch it, I won't. Or you just go to the bar. Well, I was at the bar, just saying. But I wasn't gonna stay for a whole game. <laughs> it was uh, anyway. So uh, Kevin, I just I'm looking at the signs of these strikers here. The UAW strikers. By the way, they they hit three plants last night. Uh, when was the last time? Boy, I'm gonna say. Greg, you weren't even around. The last time I, w- I saw a cola sign on top of a strike sign. I don't think there's been a demand for cola since 1982 of you, Kevin. I like Coke Zero myself. Yeah. Except I, I go generic. Generic. God. Generic Coke? I, I actually have said this before. I won't drink Coke products, but I will drink Pepsi. How about Pepsi Zero? Is, Ro- is Royal Crown still around? Yep. I always thought that was better than Pepsi. Just saying. Um, anyway, they're, they're, the uh, the union is, is hit. Well, let's see where they hit. They hit, uh, um, let me see, they targeted three plants here. Uh, one of them is making, they're all making trucks, I think. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll find this exactly. Uh, the facilities are GM's mid-sized truck and full-size van plant in Wentzville, Missouri. Boy, <clears throat> George Wentz got a town named after Wentzville. Uh, Ford's Ranger midsize pickup in Bronco SUV plant in Wayne, Michigan. And Stellantis Jeep plant in Toledo, Ohio. So they've got 12,700 workers on strike of the whole 146,000 they re- represent. So there you go with that. Um, so, Kevin, the, uh, we've got another week of the, of the uh, football coming out in, in, in college. As that continues to uh, uh, amaze people with with the changes that have taken place, I mean that that uh, the uh, I don't you know is is Colorado going to make it? Are they going to make a run the whole year? I mean, this is just an amazing story. Colorado's got to play. They have to play some good teams. <laughs> where, where, where are they? Let's let's, what, let's let's see what how how it unfolds. <laughs> Maybe they're going to be great. I don't know. But um, you know they they have to uh, they have to play Oregon they have to play U I think they have to play USC um, you know so let's let's see before before we get too carried away with them let's see well, what's, what what conference are they in the Big Twelve right or they're, they're in the uh, uh, Pac Twelve right now 
they're moving back to the Big 12, but they're, and they're in the Pac-12. Oh, so, everybody, so everybody's still in, nobody's actually left, not even Southern Cal or UCLA. Uh, I, I think Brigham Young is in the uh, Big 12 now. I think that, you know, but they, they had a seamless way in because they're an independent. All right, so, so but the, the Pac-12, the old Pac-12 for this year is still whole. Yeah. All right, and when, and what is the, did you, uh, I thought I sent this to you, or Lou sent it to us, is, is um, or, that Oregon State wants to keep the Pac-12 together and just add other people, and the, and the, and the league is against it, they're fighting them, and, and there's a lawsuit now or something? What's that all about? Oh, you know what? I haven't seen that. Um, I, I I sort of get why they might want to do that um, because there's you know the, there are TV contracts in place and things like that. So and, and they're they're probably not too restrictive about who the members uh, uh, will be. So I I wouldn't blame them if they uh, if if they want to try and still have a a conference. But there's going to be other people who just want to liquidate it and move on. How do you liquidate a conference? You everybody leaves. Last one out, turn off the lights. But not, but the two teams they have nowhere to go. But, what happens to those? Know, they, it, look, it, it's a contractual agreement, so you know the the contract's got to uh, you know it, it has to be terminated at some point. It, it, it give you an example: when the Big East broke up into football and non-football schools, um, you know they they had a big negotiation that was involved with it. Uh, that involved, uh, you know, who got to, you know, things like who even got to use the name the Big East. Well, they must have some cash on deposit they, that split up or wasted on attorneys or may, may probably spent it. Yeah, it's probably all spent. But you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's all a legal proceeding at this point. It's not, you know... Okay, you know that's fine. You want you you want to you want to still have a Pac-12, uh, Oregon State. Go, you know, knock yourself out. See who wants to join. Okay, because they they are they're down. They're down to hardly anybody. I thought you it was know, Oregon they State, had like, two, like two teams. I think it's Oregon State and Washington State. I think so too. Um. So now, where will those guys end up in the Western Athletic Conference or something? The WAC or the Mountain West or something like that. I, you know, I, I'm. You know, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll be independents. Uh, you know, if if we if I look at it from Notre Dame's standpoint, I would love to have more independents in the world because there's only a few now. Um, and, there's like two, uh, or, there's like two and, or three. And, and, pardon? There's like two or three. One of the service academies. Yeah, because uh, Brigham Young's not an independent anymore, so there that's out. Um, and so I think you have Army, you have uh, uh, Massachusetts hasn't hasn't ever found a home. Um, you know, there there might be another one or two uh, out there, but the point is, if you could, if you had uh, Washington State and Oregon State, you'd have games you could schedule. You could continue to schedule because these big conferences aren't going to leave a lot of room for non-conference games. By the way, so our, our buddy if Mike Notre Dame really wants to stay as an independent, which I I don't think they're gonna. I I think they'll wind up joining a conference and. It, the most the path of least resistance for them will be the ACC because they already have so much other stuff there. Um, but the path of biggest dollars would be the Big Ten for them, and they do have hockey there, I suppose. So that's some that's something. Uh, by the way, your your buddy Mike Murphy, who contributes a lot of time. Not my buddy. I don't like the guy at all. Yeah, well, but, you know, he's your buddy. Well, text me now, Mike. <laughs> but, but now he, but now he is he he. Uh, I mean, this must really hurt him because he's he's agreeing with me. 
okay? That it, that we're going to end up. He that's, th- that's a first. That's a first. Ahead. It is a first for forty some years. Uh, he thinks we're going to end up at the uh, the European soccer model. That 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 everybody is going to have to pay the school that somebody comes from. So there's going to be schools that bring in the high school people, coach them for two or three years, and if they're good, they go they get picked off by one of the bigger schools, but they're not going to do it for free. Maybe. It's going to, going to be. Like, you know, I mean, I, look, I, I gave you, you know, I gave you a lot of information yeah. on where they are now. I, I, you know, I think the migration goes both ways. You know, kind of up the food chain and down the food chain. And, uh, and and as it sits now, uh, it looks like down the food chain's actually benefiting a little bit more. They're getting more players from the larger schools than they're losing to the larger schools. Yeah, but but, so, no, no, but nobody cares about the guy who quits the Cubs and goes to play for Crestwood. You care about the guy from Crestwood, the Cubs well, won. Yeah, but that, that's a little bit more of an extreme uh, um, change than going to, from uh, the Big Ten to the MAC. Okay, I, I get it. But uh, you know what I'm saying, though? Oh, it would be, be more like the guy who quits the Cubs and goes to work for uh, you know, a triple A team. But now that this is happening all the way down into high school, where these guys are getting these, the guys that are that talented are getting the, the uh, contracts when they're juniors or seniors. Uh, and you know some some of the girls are getting the modeling contracts when they're juniors or seniors. I mean, that, can you sign a contract? You can't sign a contract. You, your parents have to sign it, right? If you're before yeah, eighteen, your parents have to sign off on it. Yeah, you can't sign one if you're not eighteen. So okay, so that that happens, and I'm going to say that that place now directs. It, it, how can I say this? I think the order might end up being, and I wonder if Mr. Mike would agree with me. The order might end up being that if. Notre Dame spots a kid who's a junior or senior in high school. If if even they decide they want to do that much recruiting in high school anymore, but because I think, I mean, if they've got twenty or twenty five people in scholarship that are grads, now they're down to sixty under undergrads, right? And the, so the recruiting effort doesn't have to be as big, right? I mean, I would say, and and in Colorado's, do they even care about about a kid in high school at this point? They're going to be the ultimate. There were. Uh, Peter Jiren used to tell me that, that Utah State, North Dakota State, somebody, somebody, this is a never offered a, a high school kid a scholarship. They, they all just got JUCOs, junior college transfers. Uh, so, Kansas State did a lot of that. I mean, somebody's going to be on the extreme on this. What I'm saying is, is what they're going to say is, you get that kid, you get, uh, you know, young young Greg O'Neill, and you get him a contract at high school, and you tell him the only way he's getting his contract is he's going to an under Armour school, which is Notre Dame, Northwestern, and there's probably a few others. There's no way that, that Under Armour is going to give that kid money, and he's getting up at a Nike school. I don't think. I mean, it's even. I mean, you're almost, you're almost like getting captured by the mob here. You know, you're going to work at our restaurant, not another restaurant. I mean, it, it, it's it's it, it, how this goes down is is just to me. Obviously, it's fascinating, Kevin. But haven't you believe what what we is just happening? Need to start a university. I've been saying this for a while. Yeah. But so I mean, this all happened. When was this the football? You, Greg? And, yeah. And by the way, you know how, how I just adopted you in in Tom's scenario. Here. Yeah, right. you adopted. Nice. Um, so let's I, talk about your allowance, my friend. But how how quickly has this spun? I mean, and you see, you know, the the whole idea of how much the labor versus management pay scale has changed, in in essentially the the management to my extent to the extent that they lost money on stock. Did the management ever take the same hit that the labor did in, in GM? 
Win a one under? I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, it's a... You know, I don't know how you can have revenge over 15 years ago, but the union clearly does not want to get clobbered this time again. They figure they gave it the office, and they don't want to give again. Now, how far they can run that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean is, is GM going to take more plants to Mexico or other places to try and save on something? I just... I mean, after being on a board and, and see how the, the executive pay, pay stuff keeps growing and growing, and it, I don't see... I mean, I, I have nothing... I have no bad feelings toward Mary Barra, but I'm saying that the money she made last year, uh, I'm going to guess that if, if you and I, I was going to say put an ad in the Wall Street Journal, people don't do that anymore, put an ad out there for CEO, major company, willing to pay $5 million, I'll bet the resumes you get, some of them probably would blow her away. Nobody does that. But if, but if, it's, your, if it's your worker and you're making 20 and you want 22, oh, we're going to find a guy in Mexico who'll work for 10. But it's it's amazing how management that I've seen in my lifetime, Kevin. Not what you think. Everybody underneath you, it's your job to make sure that you can you get every penny you can out of them. You are above. Well, whatever we can get, we get. <laughs> it it is stunning how that how it works in these corporations, and the boards, in my opinion, are supposed to stop that. Are basically they're eunuchs. They've, they've had them cut off. They would never have this conversation at a board meeting ever. Do you think at the GM board meeting? I mean, ultimately, the question is how does management view the employees? Are they part of the equipment or are they people? Are they part of the equipment? We have a CBOE. The, 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 the people on the floor own the place. And still, management managed to take the place over. Got all the stock and there's no traders anymore. They didn't get all the stock. People in seats got stock, but they, got, they, they, they were never part of the. They, they thought the people on the trading floor were the, were the, were the uh, blue collar workers, even though they own the place. And that was a pretty good group of people. I mean, they weren't bad people to start with. What if they were bad people to start with? How you'd actually feel? Just, yeah. I mean, just saying. I just, I, I just want stuff to be fair. And uh, and when you when you have a, you know, one thing you, you never see in any of this stuff. And I tried finding it, the UPS workers and stuff. Maybe Greg, when did these guys actually get their last raise? Was it before COVID? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, when they say. They want forty percent over the next four years. Is that just four years, or is that two years we're dragging here without a raise? I mean, I, I wish I knew the answer to that because I don't want to speculate, even though maybe I already have. But my, I'm guessing that there wasn't some huge raise in the last year or two. I'm just guessing, but may, maybe there was. But if, if people are still making twenty-seven bucks an hour, it could have been too much. Those guys are making twenty bucks an hour in what nineteen eighty-two, Kevin. And, and, and you know, now granted. The cost of the retirement, the cost of hospitalization. I mean, what is it's got to be two grand a month for for family for the medical stuff, right? So, oh yeah. So you know, one of the uh, um, you know one one of the issues for that, and and the union's got to be aware of this because you talk about you know at some point um, you make these deals, and then do you start cutting? Do you start shipping more jobs to Mexico? What do you do? Is the union's got to be wary of that because they did negotiate themselves out of a lot of jobs back in the 70s um, and and they were pretty good at you know figuring out how do they go about targeting you know specific companies and then forcing the others to all pay up and you know, I mean there, there was a whole strategy to how they went about you know uh, beating one company that could least afford a strike 
and then using that as their leverage to, uh, um, you know, to, uh, to get pay hikes out of everybody else. And, and that's, you know, that's fine up to a point, but they do have to uh, keep in mind that at some point they can price themselves um, into foreign workers. And so it's, you know, again, they, they, it, it's just one of those cautionary tales and we'll see if that you know have they learned lessons or not out of that. Well, the point is that management will never price themselves out. You'll never say, if we got a group over here from Japan, they make w- w- a quarter of what the management makes here. Let's go buy. Let's get some of those guys. They went to the University of Chicago or Northwestern, like everybody else here. I mean, it's a question of which way you look. You know, you never squeeze yourself, right? No, of course not. I uh, I, th- I think the. Uh, the unions get caught back when people are moving overseas anyway. They, they, it, was a, it was a pure a pure supply and demand. All this stuff comes down to supply and demand, doesn't it, Kevin, at the end? It may take a while, but now this time, it seems like the union has a little more power than they had 15 years ago. The, the laws of economics have a strong tendency to apply consistently. Yes, and even though they, they, they can lag a bit. Now this time they're in a little stronger shape, but it, it, is, it is pretty stunning how many... There's only, I think, I think, let me dig it up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I'm going to take a, uh, an, hopefully an educated guess, that we're down to uh, 8% of people outside of public employee unions are, are uh, in unions. Let me see. I know it's on this uh, debtclock.org page. So yeah, it, it's, a very, uh, it's a very low percentage. It's yeah. a surprisingly low percentage. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's way... Uh, where, am I saying, where am I going with here? U.S. Uh, union workers, um, 15 million. And I'm going to say that that's, uh, that probably includes the, the public workers. So if it's 15 million total, boy, oh boy, that's not a lot, is it? Nope. I mean, how, many, how many in California are, are, are the jail guards and the, and the, uh, and the, and the, the teachers and everybody? It's got to be... Be a couple, there's got to be a million people in, in California. You know, look, public public sector unions are you know are really the only area where there is substantial uh, membership. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's you know it's, it's sort of crazy stuff, but because the, that, that's the other thing that goes million. on is that you know a lot of people just go to right to work states and. Would you, would you say, Greg? Two point six one seven million is in what California are the public sector unions are in California. 21 bargaining units, each represented by a union. These are exclusive representatives that negotiate directly with state employers. Um, this says union members. Yes, I'm saying all you get is union members. I think you get a combined number. There's 3,600 labor unions in California. Uh, let me see what their definition is here uh, of uh, union workers. Currently employed in either public sector or private unions, so we're getting a blend here. It's got to be some place where it, it splits out you know, public sector versus. But it's I'm not, say if it's half of that, Kevin. Eight million—that's not a lot. Nope. There's 23 million. Uh, there's only 13 million uh, manufacturing jobs in this country. They say that of their workforce, approximately 16 percent are are union. In California, manufacturing jobs now thirteen million manufacturing jobs two thousand seventeen million two, so that's how far we're down. And uh, you know, I, I still when you when you talk about people who are now, you, what is I'm going to say 
Kevin, the difference in, I'll use the term attitude, we've got to get to Carl here in a second. The, the people you're teaching, when I say you over at uh, Ivy Tech, um, and they're, they're doing some of these manufacturing jobs. When I say manufacturing, they're scheduling, they're running machines, they're doing stuff, they're, they're making stuff here. Uh, some they always did, and some maybe we've taken back from places. Do they, are they, are they just, what did, what did uh, Ben Scully say? He is like the rest of us day-to-day. Are they day-to-day, week-to-week, if they're 27 years old, which I'm sure you have a lot of, are they seeing themselves at age 67 still working in these industries? Or are they just trying to do as best they can, become an, as well-rounded as they can, so wherever the world takes them, they can go? I mean, it, Well, yeah, you want to be as well-rounded as you can because the the... You know, manufacturing is changing like crazy. It's, uh, you know, it's becoming more automated. So the skills you need to say, uh, you know, to succeed in, in, you know, your traditional office type of job, are the same kind of skills that you're going to need to be able to uh, succeed in a production environment. And uh, so, you know, that's all part of it. I'm not teaching people to use machines. I'm, you know, I'm teaching them how to apply, uh, um, you know, technology to manufacturing. Uh, you know how to understand the whole supply chain. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching two uh, levels of quality management this uh, uh, this fall right now, and we, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about you know how important it is for them to understand both up and down the supply chain, and you know that that I have production people, but they should have their purchasing people, they should have their shipping people, they should have their sales people in here too, because they all are, you know, performing the same kinds of services, and unless they understand, uh, you know, unless everybody understands the production environment, it's, it, they're never going to have great quality. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and, and, you know, and I, I actually have people in, um, you know, all, all from the same company in, in many of these cases. So, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, we really can, you know, get granular. And then, uh, you know, i got another situation where I have a company. It, it's 15 people. Ten of them are from one company and then um, uh, and, and five more are from one of their customer companies. Uh, so, you know, we are starting to work on how they can, uh, you know, how they can couple up their efforts um, and make that work. So that becomes part of the equation as well. I mean, this is, this is a whole, you know, you have to have a holistic, if, if you're really going to succeed, you have to have a very holistic view of what the supply chain looks like, and it, it, both inside your company, from products coming in the door to when they leave, uh, on through to your suppliers and your own uh, and your customers. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be successful. So yeah, I do a lot in, ma- in the manufacturing. I'm, you know, everything I do is geared towards manufacturing, but it's geared toward manufacturing in a way um, that uh, is is kind of non-traditional. All right, okay. Well, thanks. We're gonna head off to Carl here. Do we, we have Carl. If we do. We won't even need a break. I'll just say the SP futures are up three, and the is up twenty-two. We have Carl on the line. You do. What's up, man? How are you? Well, you know, I'm doing good. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, <laughs> Between the the various elements of mass stupidity that I've seen recently, just just a, just a, you know today, yesterday. Yeah, but at least you didn't have a state oh, police you, guy. Do, at least you didn't have a state UAW's, police guy parking your spot like I did. Well, the UAW, you know, they're yeah. going on strike, right? Well, what do you they think do. they need to do? They obviously have not participated over the last fifteen years. Well, uh, okay, yes, they did. How? 
they they participated by destroying their own jobs. Um, that's that's the the party line. I don't know that. Well, the, uh, no, that's that's a factual line, and it and it goes all the way back to the nineteen seventies. And and I saw it personally uh, as a kid, teenager. Uh, very first money I ever made programming a computer uh, occurred while watching the glass workers union destroy the business that my father was the controller of he didn't own it he didn't have an ownership interest in it he was just he, you know he was just a <laughs> a salaried hack that showed up every day and and uh, you know made money doing you know as as a CPA okay all right, I, I, you know what I, but 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 here's but here's the thing. The same thing that they're demanding now is what these guys did at the glass company, which is get paid for eight hours and work about five. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I saw a lot of that happen with the Teamsters too in the trucking. And, well, yeah, but did, but here's, but they became. So cheap. A, I'm saying what I'm saying is they became people are people, and everybody is going to. Right, become a bureaucracy, and the unions pushed when they should have pulled because stuff was happening around them they didn't recognize. And the worst I always thought was not not the people in the the union that were working in the place. The, the people that had the most power, and you know this, but you probably don't remember it because it hasn't happened so long. People with the most power were the people who say you had a you're building a building downtown, and the guy who ran the crane, the crane operators union, they were right. the most powerful because. They would go on strike. The entire thing shut down because none of them would cross the picket line. They might have five guys. If they wanted a zillion dollars an hour, you had to pay them because it was well. Yeah, you don't get any stuff up to the top of the building without them. Plus, nobody else would work. Nobody crossed the picket line. Right. What I'm saying, it's all it's all power. And and but uh, but of course, but here's the you know the, the canards that get thrown around with this. All right. You know. All right. CEO is is making and. And the rest of the C-suite, compared to what the average schlub that screws cars together is making, is indeed making an obscene amount of money. I'm not going to try to tell you that that's not true. They they are, okay. They're making an obscene amount of money by comparison. Okay, so let's let's give all of the forty nine thousand or, or four yeah forty nine thousand UAW workers. I just I had to Google this while you were talking earlier. How many? How many UAW workers does GM have? About 49,000. Ford has about 55,000. Um, between the three of them, it's about 150. So we'll just pick on GM. Yeah, okay. So, all right, so I'm going to give every one of those 49,000 workers a $1,000 raise, which, by the way, is a tiny raise compared to what they're demanding, right? I don't think they're demanding enough. Well, I, I'm I, look, I'm not arguing that the inflation that we have had hasn't destroyed their purchasing power because it has. Well, I've been, I guess I, I apologize, Carl, because what I'm trying, I'm, I'm not being, uh, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, have any idea what an automaker in, in real dollars. Is worth and when I say that as a person, right. worth a shit. I, no, no, I, I understand. I but yeah. my point is, is if if they're, I don't know if they should be making thirty five hours versus a UPS guy making 
32. I mean, I, I don't know the relative differences in the jobs and how many of them different. In other words, if you ask me for the absolute number, but, I, but, you, I, but my chief. point is, whatever it is, here's, and, I, and I, I failed to make this, whatever they're making, it should be 40% more than it was three years ago. Whatever it is, is everybody, just to stay even, is all I'm saying. Because the well, cars are up that I, I, much. No, I, under, I understand that, but you, but you understand why this, why uh, also, I assume, why that sort of approach to this issue not only can't work, it makes it worse. But the, the price of the cars is already up. I understand that. That's not the point. Okay. The price of everything is up, not just cars. Right. What I'm saying okay. is if, if, if $30 was the number in 2020, it's 40% over that now just to be even, before we even talk about real, real I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing it isn't, okay? I, that's, that's not the argument. The reason that happened is because we have something on the order of 5% of the people in this country today are here illegally. We are adding, we've added in the last two years, a couple of million more. Essentially, all of them have zero skills. All of the Democrats... And all of the large cities, including Detroit, including Chicago, including New York, including, oh, the, the Tony little places like Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, well, there you go. All thought this was fabulous right up until they had to pay the check. And oh, as sure. long as they could force somebody else to pay the check, they thought it was great. Well, as soon as it, ha as soon as it shows up in New York City, the mayor says it's bankrupting us. Oh, so it didn't bankrupt the rest of the country for the last... Thirty years. That's that's it's such a load of crap. What those guys are saying. It's uh, excuse me. It's not a load of crap when you have nowhere to put them. They're destroying everything they touch. The people here They're are destroying. I, I I just I've, I'm totally on the opposite. I mean, here's here's I, I don't know the the refugee problem. And I would I mean I would love. They're to not have, refugees, chief. Whatever. They're coming here for economic reasons. Okay, this well, is not. That's why. They, but that's why our parents came here. Our grandparents. Yeah, they came here in order to build something and make money okay. by through their own hands. You, These people are coming here with no skill set that is applicable to our modern society, and, and uh, whether uh, that's not our fault, okay? I, I we get didn't. It. I that's get not it. our fault. That's just fact, though. The guy that showed up here from Poland when uh, when our you know our parents and grandparents, well, our grandparents really, or before yeah, my grandparents. Yeah, showed up. All right. right, may not have had any skills, but he didn't turn around and squat in a hotel, demand a five hundred dollar a night hotel room, come here with tuberculosis, it, it, which, by the way, just showed up in Chicago. Thank you very little. You guys just had that happen. Okay, you have active TB among these people because there's absolutely no screening. They came through Ellis Island. They were screened for diseases, and then and then. They were, uh, okay, you know, here, come on, come on in. However, there was no welfare. There was no Section 8. There was uh, there was no free EBT. There was, a, you know, if you did not go out and work, you starved, literally. I, I, I'm with you on all that stuff. Where I'm, all right. I, I put the numbers. And I, there's, this Chief, is a, this is a Chief where do you think this, where do you think the root of the problem with inflation now, comes it has from? No, where do I think? It came from the Fed, without a doubt. No. No, every every penny of it came from Congress. Oh well, okay. The 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 Fed reacted to what Congress if, if, did. 
there's... in a way that was ridiculously inappropriate. However, okay. I, however... You, you are correct in the sense there's if you're going to spend more money than you have, okay, then you're going to get inflation. Okay, there, there's going to be three, there's three ways you're going to do it. You're going to borrow it, you're going to tax more, or you're going to print it. They That's elect, right. They elected to print it. If they were to tax, who, who who elected the 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 group in Washington? Elected. Okay, yeah. all right. So, but who initiated? Who initiated? Remember, the Constitution is very clear about this. Okay, and not only not only is the Constitution clear about this, the constant this actually happens. Unlike a lot of things that the Constitution is clear about, and then the various arms of government ignore, the con- Congress, the House is responsible for and required to initiate all spending. Right. And it did. It did exactly that. We we took during a viral outbreak and imprinted upon the American population the idea that you should get paid $600 a week to sit around and get drunk. Now that is insane I, but it's what we did okay, okay? And, and all right so 50 weeks times $600 is 30,000 bucks this is one of the most egregious probably the most egregious abuse of the system and it's what you're talking about it, it but, absolutely but, is but, but you know what but you know, there, there's a there, there's a guy who calls in on my show every friday named Carl that has educated me to the point where i don't look at short-term stuff. Now, this guy, Carl, he's the one who's changed me. Now, you're the same guy now arguing with me. <laughs> the, 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 day this, the day this all started, it all started, was in 1968 when uh, who the hell was president? Nixon went off the... Uh, uh, yeah, the gold, off, the, off the gold standard. Off the well, gold that sta- was, uh, was it Nixon? Yeah. Went off the gold well, standard. And that we started. Depends on, that, yeah, that depends on how you count it. I mean, it, Nixon closed the gold windows, so I mean, it, well, you can but the blame point it on being is they is they started to increase the money supply to pay for the Vietnam War debt. Correct. And and it hasn't stopped since '68. Stopped a little bit. Stopped maybe pulled back some when Volcker was in, and the other way. This has been an ongoing, absolute festering problem, absolutely since 2000, and and clearly since 2007. And then along came COVID. But my, right. my, the, the, my, my buddy Carl and I have agreed on many occasions that the real inflation number from 2009 was 5 to 8% a year, just not counting. It was, yeah. it was hidden in mostly in hospitalization. And now all of a sudden we have a crisis, and guess what? If being, being broke, it because you, something happens, you got a sick kid, somebody has to go to, all kids go to college, and all of a sudden you're deficit. Fine. That's, that's okay. The, because it happens to everybody, both individually and the problem is when you're having your best years ever, you and your wife don't have any kids, you're both working, everything's cool. For you to be run up the credit cards in the best of all days, that's when you get yourself in trouble. Right? Well, yeah, then, and because guess what? It always does eventually rain. It always it? it does. And then now all of a sudden these guys, but I can't, uh, I mean, most of his money came out when Trump was in there. Uh, yep, and you know what? I am. This is this is one of the things that I look at, and it, you know, and it infuriates me because everybody turns around and on on the on the right side of the aisle, it's Biden's fault. It's Biden's fault. Biden yeah, did this. Oh yeah. Biden, did, you know, um, excuse me, the House of Representatives did this. They did this starting back as soon as things went down the toilet in two thousand, 
Then we had 9-11. We had a bunch of crazies that crashed planes into buildings. Right? Which, by the way, we knew was going to happen because we had a guy down in Venice, Florida, who ran a flight school. He had a simulator. He was an ex-military guy that, had, after he retired, he decided he was going to buy a simulator and train airline pilots. Not a bad way to make a living, right? I mean, a lot of capital cost involved in that. And boy, there's a lot of risk if the if the, Carl, <laughs> the customers. Carl, real stu- I, stupid question. What? Do you think? Do you think these guys got the idea from that from uh, Tom Clancy's book where the guy ran the 747 in the Congress? Oh, probably. But you know what? It doesn't really matter. The fact right, is right. I, that, I, that he called the FBI and said, "I got a bunch of guys with rags wrapped around their head, paying for simulator time with hundred dollar bills. They don't know how. To, they don't want to know how to land the plane." Okay, that happened. I, I, I'm and, sure, aren't you? And you, and you know what? You know what the FBI did? Absolutely nothing. Well, it's the same. Right? And, and oh, by the way, those were the guys that were that hijacked the planes. Okay, well, it was the, them. The hurricane well, not, in, in, in New Orleans. People called in where the where the leak in the dike was, and it was ignored. Well, the yeah, city but, here knew they had a hole in the in the in the. Uh, the deep tunnel, or whatever the thing was, the, the old tunnel—it's it's incompetence at every level, Carl. I, I know, I know, Chief. But here's the point, okay? And then after after this thing happens, okay, th- these guys all boarded the aircraft because a particular man by the name of Bush, who happened to be governor of Florida at the time, gave them driver's licenses, even though they were illegally ineligible for them because they were not citizens or lawful permanent residents. All right. He was in charge of the state of Florida at the time that those driver's licenses were issued. And then, gee, another man named Bush, after 9-11 happens, lets a whole bunch of Saudis, who it later was proved, turned out to be the money conduit for these guys to, to hand those $100 bills to the flight instructor guy. All right, He let them leave while our airspace was locked down in private chats. That's yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, it- All right, we, we have this, this level of corruption and stupidity I uh, as much as I uh, and, and now and and now, oh my God, it's terrible. We have this horrible inflationary problem, which we caused because we wanted to well, wave the well, flag. Well, wait, but okay, now careful. Who's we? The people. There's, um, there's people all, who benefit from inflation and people who don't. The, the well, people who cause it are the people who benefit. Oh, I, no argument, Chief. Now tell me why it is that those people are still in office and they haven't been dragged out of office by I, their hair. Because into the middle of the National the, Mall. Because the people that are in power are making the dough. I mean, no, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, ex- excuse I'm, me. I'm going to ask you, since you went back in history a little bit, I guess I'm gonna, i got to ask you a question. With all the Hunter Biden stuff, and the guy looks like, I mean, he's almost a caricature of a crook. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, but there's got to be, he's got to be one of thousands that follow our money overseas and steal half of it back. I mean, it's that's been going on since the Civil War carpetbaggers, but... How, and, and, and you know, Trump's kid, I think, did okay. Uh, a lot of people, whatever. I, mean, I, I honestly don't know what, what Trump's engagement and all that is. So, I don't, but is what do you think the total total? How deep in bed do you think the Bushes were with the Saudis all along? One hundred percent. But our but our our, rep, our relationship with the Saudis is, I mean, even simple stuff. I read one time, and I don't think it was something you sent me years ago. Somebody that every year. There's a, the State Department comes up with a list of the ten most religiously repressive yeah. governments in the world, and the Saudis are clearly number one or two. And every year they're not in the top ten because they they won't let them put them in there because the Saudis get pissed off. 
Well, look, the I mean, every, all along the way, we favor these people. Don't Ch- don't Chief. they? If they buy T bills at the auction, aren't they not singled out or something? It's, well, it's, it's well Ch- yeah, Chief. But think about think about this, okay? Remember remember how the nineteen seventies oil crisis and the the spike and the damage that that did to America. Remember how that happened. I was here. Right. Yeah. Well, guess what? So was I. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, you know, younger people, you have absolutely no memory of this because you weren't alive yet. But, uh, Chief, you and I were. If you saw a line, it means they had gas. You pulled in, a, in the line. <laughs> you, you got it. And then, and, oh, by the way, you can only buy five bucks worth. Too. Yeah. Well, which, which actually was when gas got to a dollar. Well, that was actually yeah. five dollars was actually a meaningful amount of gas, but it wasn't a tank full. Um, so here's <laughs> well two two bucks would get you uh, what's what's the cheapest you ever bought it at Greg oh God, you can answer I, thought, I remember thirty nine nine Greg what about you I don't know a dollar I think I caught a price war in one of the streets in Chicago I think I, I was there for like a day it was it was like nineteen nine oh well you yeah okay well you're younger than I am but I uh, <laughs> or younger than I am older than I am but st- uh, point point here being though chief is this. We did the, you know, we went through that, okay, as a country, and it was bad. I remember it. And then what did what did we do? We had we had a law in the books for at that point, uh, sixty years, that said all attempts to monopolize or restrain trade or combinations are a felony, oh, yeah. and you get to go do 10 years in pound you in the butt federal prison if you do this. Okay, so in the wake of the Arab oil embargo, hello, collusive action, hello, um, which by the way does not have an exemption for state-owned or state-controlled enterprises. It's not in there in the law. Go read 15 U.S.C. Chapter 1 all you like. Uh, what does Congress do? What did they do? Uh, do, you, do you remember? Yeah, well, they just let them go. The uh... oh, they didn't let them go. They actually formally passed a law to exempt them. Right, and it, it got worse than that. Uh, the negotiations were: um, we would let them do it. They they cut back a little bit. With the with the idea was that all the all the ill-gotten money. Monopoly money. I won't say ill-gotten. I did all, monopoly money. Yeah, if they, all the monopoly money was to be invested in U.S. Treasuries, right? And that we would not flag that. That somehow, whatever the tra- the Treasury uh, numbers are, the Saudis are not included in there. They're like an off an offset. Of, I think that's still oh, yeah, to this there's day. all sorts of there's all sorts of fun like this. But uh, but remember, okay, in the 1970s, also in the 1970s. Um, we had this little fiasco with the DTP vaccine uh, where there wasn't anything wrong with the original vaccine. In fact, uh, I received it as a child. It's the reason I haven't gotten diphtheria, pertussis, or tetanus. It's 50 years later, and I haven't gotten a disease even once. Well, you're supposed None to get your tetanus shot every 10 years. Well, but I, I haven't gotten any of those three, okay? And I, I've been... Yeah, okay, and my cat's supposed to get a rabies shot every year, and guess what? They found that they, that one or even two sometimes uh, actually has a protective titer throughout longer than the cat lives. Uh, well, but if you, if you, if you says, step on a rusty nail and go to the emergency room, they're not going to let you out of there without a tetanus shot if you well, tell I, I, I get that, yeah. okay? 
but they aren't going to check the titer to see whether or not I've still got one first. Right, right. They're just going to stab me because that's their protocol. The, the thing is that we had this fiasco where the pertussis component of this shot, there were some doses, and, and because those three diseases are a bacteria, you don't actually give the person the bacteria, you give them the toxin, and that builds the, the resistance. There were some doses that had, all, that had basically nothing in them, and then there were some that had ridiculously high levels and sickened so, so even. So it was a manufacturing issue. Yeah, it was a screw-up. Yeah. They, were, they were about as competent at making those vaccines as Caesar's Palace was with their cyber infrastructure. Yeah. Okay? And as a result, a bunch of kids got sickened and a few died. It actually killed some children. All right, so this comes out. It gets found because the lots that are defective are, you know, they're concentrated in one particular place. All right, so so two things happen. Number one, the responsible parties tell Congress that if they don't give them legal immunity on a forward basis, they will stop making all vaccines and you'll never be able to get a polio shot or a tetanus shot ever again. All right, now that by itself is extortion, it's blackmail, and the, the, the immediate response to that should have been that every one of them gets hauled out in front of the National Mall and executed in public for that. We but that's not we, what. But that's not what happened. No, we don't do anything like that. We don't, no. We don't. So what happened was they got their legal immunity, okay. And and so, this this is a pattern, a recurring pattern that we have happened in the United States. It has happened in the pharmaceutical industry. It happened in the oil industry. It happened when the, the Saudis were the source of the funds for 9-11 we had every right that was a military attack was an act of war they hit the Pentagon for crying out loud well Carl there was 17 Saudis and two guys from Iran and we attacked Iraq and and, oh no but it was Iraq's fault yeah it was Iraq's fault it was Iraq's fault. Now, I, I'm not saying that that Iraq was a bunch of good guys. Well, they we, did no, go we, into, we attacked Afghanistan and Iraq. Well, they did go into they did go into Kuwait before, yeah. and, and we were asked to come kick their butts, and we did it. Uh, well, wouldn't, gee, wouldn't, uh, you, wouldn't you just like to know the whole story of that? The communications as to what we told him he could do and not do. Oh no, I, yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to know that because you know the rumors have floated around for a long time that we basically told him go ahead and do it, and then we killed him for it. Yeah, well, and and I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but that's I think you know, we I think we probably if I had to take a guess, and again, Lewis cautioned me to not put my own thoughts in other people's mind because the because I'm a good guy and most people aren't or over, you know, these people are running these shows is we he probably was complaining about the Kuwait's where they, they were sticking the oil the the, uh, the the drills in at an angle and actually stealing some of. Iraq's oil or something wasn't that the, the the bitch? Yeah, well, it was. There was all kinds of. But I mean, I, I suspect. Look, the shenanigans in in that business, especially the state-owned side of it, is have been going on for an extraordinarily long time. That's what happens when you base your economy on something. Is that you know the grift and the fraud gets? I don't. I don't care what well, I, I, you are. What my my guess would be that the communication was. Look, if this is happening and along a hundred miles of the front, front, uh, and feel free and our, not feel free, but we're not going to worry so much if you go in and, and I can kick that guy's ass for doing it to you. 
I don't think we ever gave the approval to take the whole place and rape and pillage. I, I can't imagine we did that. No, I think there's, uh, you know, I think there's a whole lot more. Yeah. There's, there's, there's always, it's kind of like this, you know, the, this, the situation that we've seen repeatedly where there's kind of this wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yep. nod, nod thing that goes on. And then, you know, and then it all blows up in your face. I you know you look at you look at what happened over with you know with Ukraine and Russia which you know is still going on obviously yeah uh, and uh, 2014 we essentially fomented and 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 gave license to that coup that was a revolution yeah there was actual shooting involved well, we're, we're involved everywhere and we were all and not only and and we were not covertly involved we had sitting u.s congressman john mccain he went over there gave a speech egging it on okay in in the country so i mean yeah. the idea that somehow you know and then and then oh we're so and, and by the way Zelensky, i don't know if you've seen the latest did you did you see the latest threat out of this guy oh he's yeah he's the latest the latest whack job game here and by the way, we, I'll tell you what our response should have been after I tell you what we did. He shows up in, in, in an interview on television, says, you know, you guys have let an awful lot of Ukrainian refugees into your countries. be a real shame if you didn't give us all the aid that we wanted and they decided to turn nasty on you. Uh, he's, he, that's why I think that the, uh, well, we've got to go to break here, but I, I, the idea, this is going to have to be a brokered deal between us and the Russians, because this guy's nuts. He's he's never gonna. The war will never stop with him there. Some there's gonna have to be a deal, and we say you you guys, NATO or somebody's gonna say you take the deal, or we'll never send you another piece of equipment. We're, it's gonna get to that stage, I think. Or either, either that, or we're we're gonna end up in a war with Russia. Yeah, even I don't. I'd rather go the other way. Uh, yeah, war with yeah. Russia would be bad. Yeah, SP futures up one seventy five, Nasdaq futures down twenty seven. Be right back, stocks and jacks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 50 cents. We're hanging in there up 50 cents. We have NASDAQ Futures down 24. Um, we're going to see how this one uh, plays out here today because it's we had a, a huge day yesterday to the upside. We also had one of those earlier, I think it was this week, where we, we were down 
the next day almost the same amount. I, I'm not predicting that at all, but market has been choppy, and it, and it really is. It's going by the day. But yesterday was it was definitely a huge rally. Uh, you know, to the point where uh, you know, but some of it is oil driven, and I don't know how far that lasts. We get Carl's opinion on that. Anyway, the Dow futures are up 58. Individual stocks in the Dow. I've got nothing moving very much. Amgen's up a buck 22. Yesterday, everything in the Dow was up except Visa got clobbered. Uh, they were down like seven dollars, but they were the only ones that were in the Dow. Over in Asia today, we've got rallies here. The rest of the world's playing kind of catch up here. But we've got uh, um, so China is again promising to throw money at this real estate stuff. We get Carl's opinion on just how that's going to work out. Nikkei was up 364, 1.1%. Hang Seng up 134, 0.7%. So never made it below 18,000, but now we're 18,182. Shanghai down eight points at uh, 3117. Um, Euro, these guys are, are, are moving up too. They're all uh, like a percent. A DAX up 159, that's exactly a percent. FTSE up 56.7. Kek around up 113, 1.6. Again, a review of the big rally yesterday. I like to review rallies. That was up 331, S&P up 37, NASDAQ up 112. It was up all day, never really a, never really a, even a hint of a sell-off. It was pretty strong. A 10-year, 3.34, which I think the old recent record is 4.36, and we're at 4.34. So we're right there. The Bund up uh, 6 basis points, 2.65. Japan, uh, 0.72. Oil, uh, over 90 bucks, 22 cents, 90.38. Big news here in this oil stuff. Brent up 16 cents, 93.86. Natural gas unchanged at 270. We've got gold up 620, 19.39. Still mired in the middle 1900s. Silver, however, bounced off 25, 22.53 yesterday, I believe, and it's 23.37 this morning. So that's a it's like a, almost a 3% move, 4% move in one day. Uh, copper unchanged at 381. We've got the, uh, Bitcoin down 235, 26,411. We've got the, uh, against the Euro, we're pretty much unchanged. Against the Pound, we're pretty much unchanged. Against the Yen, uh, the dollar is down. The Yen is up again. Uh, Greg, what do you got for us? Traffic Weather Sports. And remind me to ask Carl, the, the move between the Euro and the Yen has been dramatic. What do you Euro got for us, Yeah, what do you got for us, uh, Traffic Weather Sports? All right. Morning, everyone. 7.35 a.m. here in Chicago, 56 degrees, 76 today. Uh, here, partly cloudy. Phoenix, 78 right now, 101 today, sunny and very warm. Uh, Hurricane Lee is going to be a problem for everybody on the northeast from now until after Saturday, really. It's going right from Bush's plane to the place at Kenny Bunkley. Yep, we feel bad for them. Yes. Traffic, <laughs> Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange, 28 minutes. Edens, Lake Cook to the interchange, 53. Ike, Wolf to interchange, 46. The Ryan is 26. Stevenson, 35. And Bishop Ford uh, is 40 minutes coming in. MLB, the Twins beat the White Sox here on the south side. That was 10-2. Uh, to 2. Ouch. Diamondbacks, lose again that was all uh one to 11 ouch and in the nfl last night the vikings lost to the eagles that was 28 34 that's all i got chief back to you they uh were getting clobbered and they came back but they kept fumbling eh oops the uh the eagles or the vikings kept fumbling but now they're on two so carl uh uh economic stuff uh this other stuff is a but I mean, we we can't get away from our history, really, right? I mean, uh, it's all econ- it's all economics, yeah. chief. You know that. I, you know, but I I mean, uh, I I really don't want. To, I mean, I'm with I'm with you on the the union stuff, and they kind of blew it for themselves at a time 
when their when their economic power was shrinking, they kind of pushed it, and they to where even but 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 even regular people are are you know recognize the bureaucracy the union had, but the bureaucracy the companies have or the government's worse than the unions ever had. But nobody nobody bitches about that. But but I I guess what I'm saying is it was still I w- I would like to see, and I'm never going to see it happen. I mean, people listen to the show, maybe believe me, maybe don't. The phenomenon of the last three or four years, everything everywhere is had a 35 percent to 40 percent revision. Stock market's up that much, and if you're if you're in a position where you're not keeping pace, you're losing. I mean, I, I was. I, one of the quotes here I had in this article from PBR is that uh, the rate, if you look at inflation, where the first line is here, that these guys uh, uh, are down 20% in pay over the last 15 years, based you know based on inflation. Well, that's not good. And and now we've had this this spike of inflation like the world has never seen, except except maybe the Weimar Republic or someplace or Turkey, and yet we still. We still are lied to all day long, Carl, to the point where we don't believe it. I mean, if, if somebody says, I can't believe these UPS workers got a 40% raise, I go, you think they're ahead of the game? Well, no. Well, then <laughs> why are you bitching? <laughs> well, because I didn't get a 40%. I get that part. You know, but what the... Chief, you can't... The, the problem... See, this is, this is the thing, is that it's... This is how the division and, and how... The problem gets made worse instead of better. It's true that if you're a UAW worker over the last two years, or if you're an anybody worker over right. the last two years, I don't, I don't care how you make your money. Costs have gone up by that amount. All right, I mean, just just look at what's your car insurance price. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just look there. Yeah, you know, there's there's a hundred examples, right? Where's where's my two ninety nine ground beef at the at the grocery store, right? Well, guess what? It's three ninety nine now on sale. Yep. Um, well, you do the math on that, right? Uh, have I seen? When was the last time I saw two ninety nine? Um, well, before the pandemic. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, did did all of a sudden magically uh, the number of cows decrease by thirty five percent? No. No, there is no such thing as magic. It doesn't exist. But here is the problem with with this: is that all right? So the UAW. Uh, we, we need this raise otherwise, da-da-da. Washington State, we're going to headline off the news from right now. Washington State spent $143 million on their homeless problem. How many people did they actually house? Uh, I, well, well, no, no, no. Okay, no when, when we ask a question like that, it's it's right after the mayor of the city here said it's going to cost a hundred million dollars. Absolutely, Carl, Carl, it, it, I, can, I can make it. I can make it two hundred million. I can make it fifty cents, depending on how you on how you move the numbers around. I'm pretty good at that. Well, not not only that, chief, you could you could make it uh, two hundred million by simply pocketing half the money and not spending it on the thing that you said you were going to spend it on. Too, you could put up tents that are so that are supposedly military grade. And which is you know what your wonderful mayor wants to do there, uh, is, you know has asked all the aldermen where can you find a couple of you know a couple acres where we can put up some military grade tents. Same thing that they're you know they're talking about doing out in New York, 
Um, nice idea, except expl- please excuse me and, and tell me how that costs 100 or $200 million. That's what I'm saying. It's a, well, you, know, you, can't, you, can't have but, two, but, uh, you can't have two schmucks like you and me go call a butler, as in butler buildings, and say, how much is it for a, a 200 by 100 butler building like the Army would do, like, like I played basketball and won at St. Bernadette's for 30 years. By the way, they had to tear it down. I mean, they're, they're good buildings. And the one alderman here is opining, what are they going to do in the wintertime? You can't heat them. What are you talking about? We played basketball. It was 10 below zero. They had plenty of heat. Uh, yep. You know, I mean, I, but it, it's, it's all in how what all they're thinking about is, is Chief? What? What about asbestos? Uh, they didn't have any, there was no insulation of the thing. Well, there <laughs> might have been since. Uh, might have, well, I'm, what, I, what I'm saying is the, the, if I got to run every single meal through one of my community organizers, so the meal cost me 35 bucks instead right. of then all of a sudden I can make the number any number, right? Well, that's and, and but that's exactly the point. Okay, is that the, the whole reason we are here is this? There was a there was a story that just came out a few days ago, um, and it was it's it's on a website that I I gives essentially zero credibility to. You could probably figure out what the name is from that. Uh, however, every now and then a blind squirrel finds a nut, and. Uh, they were going after this uh, touting this thing that Mark Cuban has come out with with this uh, what he calls his cost plus pharmacy thing and they pointed out that major health insurance firms are colluding with pharmacies it specifically Cigna and CVS were cited well, and charging well, uh, uh, well they're, they're, they're pharmacy benefit managers that, that bought the place I, I, I get that, Vertical Chief, but you know what? They're charging a hundred times what the drug can be bought for in the open market, and and the patient doesn't see it because he's got his you know $30 copay or whatever. But these guys are just divvying it up. Okay, may I point out that in the late 1970s, the pharmaceutical industry, the insurance industry, and a drug company... Or a, uh, a a pharmacy, yeah, pharmaceutical company, a drugstore chain, and the insurance companies came up with this exact same scheme. It got them sued under antitrust law. They claimed that McCarran Ferguson gave them an exemption. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court. The case is Royal Drug. I remember the those pharma- guys. I remember those the guys. pharmaceutical industry lost. It doesn't matter. If you're big enough, you just keep going. Chief, you're supposed to go to prison for 10 years for every single time you do this, and you're supposed to be put out of business you, with the fines. It's a million dollars. You watched, you watched the NFL game last night? The NFL acts exactly like baseball, like they have an antitrust exemption, but they, and they don't. don't. But they just keep going, and who's going to stop them? Who's going to spank them? Who's going to say, well, you're, you're, is- you're not going to have a football game Sunday unless you guys do this? Can you imagine that'd be that'd be like Caesar trying to stop the gladiator fights. Chief, two trillion dollars this this fiscal year, we're going to spend more than a third of the federal budget, two trillion dollars between Medicare and Medicaid, CMS alone. Yeah, and um, this is a big part of the reason why. And it's not just in the drugstore. It's happening all over the place. And if you think that it, that, that Supreme Court case only applies there, you ought to go read the that Maricopa County. They, they are acting, the drug companies, 
are acting just like an old time Chicago mayor would act. Oh, not just not just yeah. the drug companies, the hospitals are well, as all, well. All sort of, they're, they're all sort of in it together, and, and nobody nobody has the stones or the ability because there is there is no alternative. I mean, I mean now it's it's way it's way too late to try and take on University of Chicago, Northwestern, the the four big places here in Chicago. It's kind of late to say you guys are screwing this up. Chief, until until and unless the people of this country drag those people out of their little offices by their hair into the middle of Grant I, Park. I, I'm with you. I'm with it, you. It, until and unless that happens, okay, the inflation problem is not going to go away. It cannot be tamed. It doesn't matter what the Fed does. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It makes absolutely no difference because Congress will not do their job. No. The DOJ will not do their job. And the only remaining alternative is for the people to say, the law says this is illegal, you either enforce it or we're going to, and we're going to give you as much due process of law as you gave us. Well, it's a, there's a, one of my uh, better friends, uh, John Dyer, he's been on the show a couple times. I would like to, if one of these days, plunk you two guys together at the Tripoli, and I'll just be where I can hear the conversation. <laughs> and, and, f- and feed you some martinis or whatever you drink. John knows more about this business, maybe even than, than you. It's possible because he's been in the. F- he was on the board of Osco Drug when he was like twenty-eight or something. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, he he knows and exactly he, how this. Works. And he's and he's now he's with a pharmacy benefit manager, and he was with uh, who are the guys that could never get out of their own aid, way? Uh, Rite Aid. Was those guys oh, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, those guys. But yeah. The amount of of kickbacks and stuff between the pharmacy benefit man. Just simple stuff. I think he told me, he was on the air, he told me that if you and I open up a drugstore, which nobody could possibly do now because the, the state doesn't pay you, right? right. Uh, so he, he, uh, I mean, if you want to know who put a whole industry out of business, it's the state. They're yeah. not paying people. Yeah. You know, that's why there's no more mom and drugstores because you, you can't, they won't pay you for a year. You don't, nobody has the financing for that uh, unless you can be Walgreens and go out and get it for 4% via yeah, our Fed. Right, but the same see, stuff you and I talk about all the time. But he was saying right. that if if we go to Pfizer and start buying drugs, we're paying like a regular price. There's like no kickback. But if a pharmacy benefit manager gets in the middle and says we're going to go grab this union or this whatever this group of people, and we decide we're going to direct those people to Walgreens, now Pfizer's going to give them a kickback, so they can actually right. buy. That that's insane. <laughs> that's just, plus. Everybody, I mean, uh, I mean, it's I, it's not insane, Chief. It's, it's insane. a felony. It's a felony, and 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 everybody. I mean, a lot of what we talk about, Carl, is is people have not that we don't. They have families. They have jobs. This 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 news just keeps on coming. As they say in the trading floor, you can't take a drink out of an open fire hydrant, right? right. All it does is blow you across the street. The, I mean, uh, Audrey and some of her friends. I mean, I'm not. They talk about this more than I would, but. When when Walmart went with the five hour generic drugs, was it ten years ago, twelve? Uh, yeah, something like that. Now, how many doors like thirty drugs were five bucks a month? I'm gonna say, do they have any left? Every Jan would tell you that that was the wild west with generic drugs, and all the prices came flying down, one by one. They all got picked off by somebody, and now there's there's a few left, but nobody no, they don't feel that they have to do it at five bucks anymore. Oh no, and Chief, yeah. you you want to know what one of the and and this was directly topical to the the situation with the virus when it started a few years ago. There was very early on, there was a old asthma 
inhaled steroid called budesonide that a doctor down in Texas found worked to interrupt if this thing went into your lungs and became pneumonia, that it, that it functioned. Okay, it worked. Um, nobody wanted to look at it because it was generic and there was no money to be made. There, was a, there were a couple studies that were run in South America that showed that it worked. And those were formal studies. And they were, the one that was the most interesting to me uh, was actually run by a medical group down there, a, a hospital. Uh, those, those, I mean, it's kind of like what Henry Ford did early on with some of the things they were looking at. You got to pay attention to the guys that you know are actually treating people. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's not some guy that you can say is a quack. I mean, it's an entire medical group that's doing this. Uh, and so, anyway, there there was some interest among some friends of mine to try to get their hands on this stuff in the United States in the event that you got hit with this, right? Because you know, hey, you have it around. Oh, but guess what? This is a drug has been used for you know, a couple of decades by asthmatics. It ought to be readily available. Well. Nobody pretty much uses it anymore for asthmatics because it's cheap, it's off patent, there's no money in it. There is one company that makes an inhaler for this now in the U.S. It's $300. Wow. Okay, now, you can get the stuff if you go outside the U.S., Mexico, India, you know, you, you, you break the rules, so to speak. It's about seven bucks. That's unbelievable. All right, well, and 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 it's not that the drug is back on patent. It's just that we have this little wink, wink, nod, nod. There's only one guy making it over here, so we can charge whatever he wants because there's no competition. The uh, yeah, I was one of my one of my guys is uh, gotten some hip and knee problems on one of my friends, so I was actually digging around for the stem cell stuff where you have to go to uh, Mexico to get the stuff now. I, well, it's you know, there's all sorts of things like this, and it's and this kind of of gaming though, when you get down to it, as and it hasn't, it's not just in the medical industry; it's everywhere. But the fact that we have allowed this to happen, and then we allow the government to turn around and hand out checks to people instead of enforcing well, that's all the they law. Do. That's all they do. I know. I know. But you know what? We, we don't enforce the law anymore. And now people, you know, everybody, you've got people on both sides. Yeah, I'll talk about when, you know, Hunter Biden lied about, you know, about being a drug abuser when he bought a gun, which, by the way, is a crime. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, there's a, there's a court case that says, well, maybe that law is unconstitutional because the Second Amendment doesn't have a you can't be a drug user exception. Um, okay, fine. L- litigate that in time. However, uh, that question is still on the form. And it is still a felony to lie on that form, like right. it is with most official things. Um, and and so, you know, now they're going after him. Well, guess what? All these other felonies that happen every single day with, within corporate America, I, you know, look at, look at the abuses within major, within major corporations. They have, they've taken, to get around wage and hour restrictions and labor laws, they have outsourced their customer service to contract houses that put people on 1099. All right, yet they still control through these contract houses. They still control the time, place, and manner of your work, which means you're a W-2 employee under the law. Sure. Okay. If I tried to do that when I ran MCS, they would have been up my butt and I would have been there's, shut down in no, an hour. Carl, there's no desire to do any of this stuff. It, it, I mean, I, I always, I'm always ranking about. People driving 100 miles an hour on the express. The, the police don't want to be police, and maybe this is a, every, chief, nobody wants to do anything. 
But, but I, Chief, this is where the inflation all comes from. What? But what? The uh, I don't know. You hope you don't uh, flagellate yourself and read Chicago papers. But uh, <laughs> nope. the, uh, <laughs> the the latest is all the people in the city of Chicago, including the city treasurer, I think, have all cheated on PPP loans. Yeah. They, they, yeah, well, uh, the, one, the one, one lady said she was a chef making a hundred thousand a year. She was never a chef. And, and I, uh, the, the number of you know, I when that original list came out, I grabbed that database because it was an Excel spreadsheet, right? And so you know, so you start digging around looking at, at places I knew, not just here, but you know, other entities, nonprofit organizations, educational institutions. Also, there's there's a long distinguished list. Every single one of them was on there. Well, the the amount of, uh, shall we say, church of what's happening now joints on the south side of places, they got a bunch of money, and then they they have number of employees. They got zero. The whole thing was yeah. to pay people, and they've got no employees. How do you? How do you well, I, I, I guess I'll, chief, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'm, I'm trying to be. I'll try to be uh, rigorous on this. The idea was anybody could have gotten a loan. I mean, nobody right. nobody really cared. But but it was in fact a loan. You're supposed to pay it unless back. you kept people unless, on unless you, staff. You did all these things, and it was when if you just if if you, if you and I didn't deserve a loan, whatever that meant, of a hundred grand and paid them back, who cares? There's no harm, no foul. But the lying came by saying, "Oh, I have fifty employees. I gave out all these checks. Here's the proof." And there were never any employees. How, how do you? How does anybody have the balls to do that, Carl? Or do they? Well, oh, or, to, because nobody goes to jail. But it, it, how can I? How can I say this, Chief? Nobody goes to jail. But, but you and I. I mean, I, I don't know necessarily what you know. Your family, but you're busy. Family background, your religious background. I wouldn't have done that at age eight. The, because neither, because, neither. because it's wrong, not because I'm going to get caught, Chief. Chief, that doesn't exist anymore. Okay, but where, my, where I'm going with this is, if everybody feels that way, I mean, if you got a hundred people in a city, it, there's always going to be a few bad guys. I mean, no matter what it is, there's always some people that don't quite get how the rest of the people, how you're supposed to live together. If that number is two or three, you can, you know, spank them when they're young. You can put them in jail when they're o- older. If they can say kill people, I guess you used to be able to hang them. Although I'm not into that. I mean, but you al- you always had to deal with this, with the with the hope that after a while they're going to wake up and, and there's going to be some kind of rehabilitation. Some people can't be, and at the end of the day, they become a member. We, but along the way, you know, some people are going to be in trouble. But the other 98 don't do it because they know it's wrong, and if everybody does it, you got chaos. Once you get from two people being no good nicks to to 25, I don't know if the other 75 can deal with it, and that's where I think we're at. Well, yeah, I mean, you take a look at what's, you know, what's <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah. Or, or go out to San Francisco or whatever. Uh, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't need to actually pay for this bag of stuff that I want. Yeah, well, yeah why should you? We just, had the, we just had this chick that was, was shot and killed who was pregnant. Who she, the reason she got shot was she tried to run the cop over. And, you know, now there's this big debate over, well, you know, he shouldn't have stood in front of a car when he was trying to arrest her. And, uh, you know, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. okay, fact of the matter is, a surveillance video came out showing her stuffing bottles of booze in her bag. Yeah, and, and then, you know, I, I you know. But I wait would, a minute, but, yeah. wait, but wait, isn't, isn't the predicate problem here that she felt entitled to go into the store and steal the liquor? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and there's no thought in her mind that if I'm going out to do this, there's a chance my day's not going to end well. 
Well, but that's not even the point. Yeah. The point the point isn't just, you know, I don't I don't go not rook people because I'm worried about going to jail. Right, because it's wrong. I I don't rook I mean there was just on on what I call next Karen next door. There was a guy who's, who claims to be an electrician that was running this thing for this. He's trying to sell this device that you go, put on your power in, in your breaker panel. It supposedly saves you 25% on your electrical bill. This scam has been around for the last 40 years. I know why it doesn't work, and it has to do with the fact that, that residential accounts are never billed for power factor. Okay, You're just not. You're, right. you're billed for kilowatt hours. If you have a commercial, I used to get a charge... If our power factor was under Unity when I ran MCS, because we were on commercial service, and we also got a demand charge, which is the, the the devil's lettuce when it comes to electrical bills. But that's the way commercial power is built, because if you use a peak amount of power, the power company has to be able to deliver it when you want it. And as a result, there's a line on your bill for that as a commercial user. As a residential user, there is not, ever. And so... Except in Arizona. Well, let me give a real so, quick example. In my the building I used to live in, somebody was here, and I was real friendly with the engineer. And yeah. he said, like the first day that you turned on the air conditioning, you had to clear it with the guys because it it was a huge drain. And if you could possibly do it at night, they loved you. And when they cut the charge way back and all that stuff. Right. It's well, well, yeah, exactly. But you know, the the thing that about this is, so this guy's out here peddling this thing, and and I called him out on it. And I said, you, you people are out of your effing mind. This doesn't work. It can't work. He must have loved you. It can't, well, I, oh, what are you, an engineer? Um, uh, since you mentioned it. Yeah, not, uh, not that you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I happen to understand the difference between uh, between KVA and Watts. Yeah, I, you know, you don't have to have a degree in engineering to know this. Uh, but, you know, uh, go look at your electric bill. You're billed for kilowatt hours if you're a residential customer. That's what's on your bill. And whether or not you have reactive power in your building or not has absolutely no bearing on how much you pay. But these, uh, why, why does this kind of stuff show up? Why do these guys, there's always another scam somewhere. Why? And it's because, number one, the corrective influence... No one gets punished anymore no. when they do it. And then, and then over time, what that does is it erodes the, the call it ethics, morals, whatever you want to call it. Okay, I mean, I, I hate people trying to use this. Well, you all just got to go find Jesus. There was a, a line on the trading floor, Carl, that you would absolutely, I expect you're going to like. You can't get to the point where if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And we are, we're there. Yeah, but you know what? The thing is this. If you screwed people on the trading floor, people would figure it out and they'd never trade with oh, you. Without a doubt. Maybe it was the most honest place I've ever been. Right. And, yeah. Well, because it had to be or you didn't make any money. Right. Or, or you, okay. couldn't, you couldn't exist. Yeah. It, well, yeah, you'd get driven out of the business. But it, we don't do that anymore in America. Well, the, the weird part, Carl, regarding the trading floor, we got a dash here, is the regulators, the, the, the people today that are the 30-year-old regulators from FINRA and places, they they can't even understand how that was allowed to go, or I could just make a trade with you and the trade stood. They have they have no concept that that that's how the world is. The, the people don't go into the jewel and not steal stuff because there's a regulator following them. They they think that they're that they are the reason why people don't do bad stuff. People people don't do bad stuff is because it's wrong and they know it's wrong. Yeah, and once you get to the point where you have a significant. Group of the population that either first thing is 
they just don't know the morals. Okay, that's that's strike one. But the other is, I can't run this firm straight. I mean, I, for a long period of time, and I'm, I'm you know, we got a dash here, but maybe next week we'll tee this one up. Uh, for a long period of time, if you didn't go overseas and, and cheat on your taxes, you couldn't compete. Because if all of a sudden, if you wanted to buy a firm down the block, if you were expansionary instead of closing yours up, and you bid X for the place, somebody overseas who didn't pay taxes now has 30% more money than you when he outbids you. Right. To where you say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, not, I'm being disadvantaged here by not cheating. And the people that I'm paying to keep this all even, meaning our government, either is getting stuffed with cash from that guy over there or doesn't care or is not doing his job. I think he's being stuffed with cash. He does, it's not that he just doesn't care. But it's, you, you don't, you don't, it's hard for it to be a, I mean, what if, what if you, you and I were, were elected as president tomorrow, the inaugural address, all we did was talk about, okay, all you people that, that stole money on the PPP, I'm going to give you a, a month to just turn this money back. Or tell you tell us show us, and by the way, if you do that, it's like a gun show. We're not going to come after you. If, however, we come after you and you don't do that, by the way, it's a minimum of, of forty days of hard labor. Nobody wants that message. Nobody vote for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's we're, just we're getting you know, but uh, but nobody, but chief, it, it, we can't solve the economic issues that we have in this country if we don't start enforcing these rules. Because the only way you're ever going to get that percentage of people who say screw it, I'm going to go try to rob anyway, back down to you know one percent or two percent or whatever, is if you do. Can you imagine, Carl? And by the way, as you know, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just, I'm just, we're just, you know, we're, we're taking about different points of the same argument. I was driving yesterday, Wednesday, went out to the chiropractor. All right, so I'm driving along. There's a little bit of a, a delay. I see three bleeps fly by on the shoulder. Right. Now, if you had a sign up there, like they did in Toronto when I was driving up there, you know, whatever, speed limit, 50, over 60, 100 bucks, over 70, 300 bucks, over 80, we, we take your car. Jail. <laughs> yeah, we take your car. Now, yeah. can you imagine if all of a sudden the mayor here said, by the way, we're cracking down on these expressways. Anybody who's driving over 90 miles an hour, we're, we're impounding the car. Well, within a week, if we actually had police out there doing this, there'd be 1,000 cars somewhere. Right. You, can you imagine the hue and cry? Wait a minute, you, I was on the shoulder, but everybody else was on the shoulder. Everybody else was going 100. I mean, can you, can you imagine if you actually had regular enforcement of any of this stuff? Well, how do, but how do you ever actually stop? I mean, you look at where the deficit spending is coming from and where it's going and how, it is, how we got to where we are now. That's all of it. Sure it is. And if we don't stop it, we're going down the toilet but as a country. It's, it's, real, real, it's, it's real easy to get in there and... Get get yourself all the money you can as a senator, and get your place in uh, Isle of Man or some damn place that you're going to retire to when the place blows up. Ch- Chief, yeah. how do you get how do you get fifty million dollars on one hundred seventy grand a year salary? Uh, you think, steal it. I think you steal it. <laughs> on, that, on that happy <laughs> note, SP futures down five seventy five, Nasdaq futures down forty seven. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Monday. Stacks and Jacks, Carl. Good stuff as usual. Uh, it seems Thanks, like Chief. it seems like we're jumping all over, but you know it's all the same subject, isn't it? Yeah, it, it fundamentally it ends up all in the same place, and it's yep. up to us. Yep, that's why when I was in in grad school, and uh, you know, you take advanced marketing, you take advanced uh, finance, you take advanced uh, accounting, and I think the day that you sort of get get it a little bit, Carl, was you realize it's all the same subject. Yeah. 
Kind of is. Yeah. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. JetBlue Airways. It's not the only way to fly, but it should be. Visit JetBlue.com. Empower HR, your human resources partner. That's EmpowerHR.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. BDL Compliance Consulting. Visit BDLCC.com. Dax Research. Listen to David Andelman on Mondays and Thursdays and go to DACSResearch.net. Stocks and Jocks is...